Chapter Fifteen of The Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sue Hatch. The Scarlet Pimpernel by Emma Ortsey. Chapter Fifteen Doubt. Marguerite Blakeney had watched the slight, sable-clad figure of Chauvelin as he worked his way through the ballroom. Then, perforce, she had to wait while her nerves tingled with excitement. Listlessly, she sat in the small, still-deserted boudoir, looking out through the curtained doorway on the dancing couples beyond, looking at them, yet seeing nothing, hearing the music, yet conscious of naught save a feeling of expectancy, of anxious, weary waiting. Her mind conjured up before her the vision of what was, perhaps at this very moment, passing downstairs. The half-deserted dining-room, the fateful hour, Chauvelin on the watch, then, precisely to the moment, the entrance of a man, he, the Scarlet Pimpernel, the mysterious leader who, to Marguerite, had become almost unreal so strange so weird was this hidden identity she wished she were in that supper-room too at this moment watching him as he entered she knew that her woman's penetration would at once recognize in the stranger's face whoever he might be that strong individuality which belongs to a leader of men to a hero to the mighty high-soaring eagle whose daring wings were becoming entangled in the ferret's trap womanlike she thought of him with unmixed sadness the irony of that fate seemed so cruel which allowed the fearless lion to succumb to the gnawing of a rat ah had armand's life not been at stake faith your ladyship must have thought me very remiss said a voice suddenly close to her elbow. I had a deal of difficulty in delivering your message, for I could not find Blakeney anywhere at first. Marguerite had forgotten all about her husband and her message to him. His very name, as spoken by Lord Fancourt, sounded strange and unfamiliar to her, so completely had she in the last five minutes lived her old life, in the Rue du Richelieu again, with Armand always near to love and protect her to guard her from the many subtle intrigues which were forever raging in paris in those days i did find him at last continued lord fancourt and gave him your message he said that he would give orders at once for the horses to be put to ah she said still very absently you found my husband and gave him my message yes he was in the dining-room fast asleep i couldn't manage to wake him up at first thank you very much she said mechanically trying to collect her thoughts will your ladyship honour me with the contredance until your coach is ready asked lord fancourt no i i thank you my lord but you will forgive me i am really too tired and the heat of the ballroom has become oppressive the conservatory is deliciously cool. Let me take you there and get you something. You seem ailing, Lady Blakeney. 
i am only very tired she repeated wearily as she allowed lord fancourt to lead her where subdued lights and green plants lent coolness to the air he got her a chair into which she sank this long interval of waiting was intolerable why did not chauvelin come and tell her the result of his watch lord fancourt was very attentive she scarcely heard what he said and suddenly startled him by asking abruptly lord fancourt did you perceive who was in the dining-room just now besides sir percy blakeney only the agent of the french government monsieur chauvelin equally fast asleep in another corner he said why does your ladyship ask i know not i did you notice the time when you were there it must have been about five or ten minutes past one I, I wonder what your ladyship is thinking about he added for evidently this fair lady's thoughts were very far away and she had not been listening to his intellectual conversation but indeed her thoughts were not very far away only one story below in this same house in the dining-room where sat chauvelin still on the watch had he failed for one instant that possibility rose before as a hope the hope that the scarlet pimpernel had been warned by sir andrew and that chauvelin's trap had failed to catch his bird but that hope soon gave way to fear had he failed but then armand lord fancourt had given up talking since he found he had no listener he also wanted an opportunity for slipping away for sitting opposite to a lady however fair who is evidently not heeding the most vigorous efforts made for her entertainment is not exhilarating even to a cabinet minister shall i find out if your ladyship's coach is ready he said at last tentatively oh thank you thank you if you would be so kind i fear i am but sorry company i really am tired and perhaps would be best alone but lord fancourt went and still chauvelin did not come oh what had happened she felt armand's fate trembling in the balance and she feared now with a deadly fear that chauvelin had failed and that the mysterious scarlet pimpernel had proved elusive once more then she knew she need hope for no pity no mercy from him he had pronounced his either or and nothing less would content him he was very spiteful and would affect the belief that she had wilfully misled him and having failed to trap the eagle once again his revengeful mind would be content with the humble prey armand yet she had done her best had strained every nerve for armand's sake she could not bear to think that all had failed she would not sit still she wanted to go and hear the worst at once she wondered even that chauvelin had not come yet to vent his wrath and satire upon her lord grenville himself came presently to tell her that her coach was ready and that sir percy was already waiting for her ribbons in hand marguerite said farewell to her distinguished host many of her friends stopped her as she crossed the rooms to talk to her and exchange pleasant au revoirs the minister only took final leave of beautiful lady blakeney at the top of the stairs below 
on the landing a veritable army of gallant gentlemen were waiting to bid good-bye to the queen of beauty and fashion whilst outside under the massive portico sir percy's magnificent bays were impatiently pawing the ground at the top of the stairs just after she had taken final leave of her host she suddenly saw Sovelin. he was coming up the stairs slowly rubbing his thin hands very softly together there was a curious look on his mobile face partly amused and wholly puzzled as his keen eyes met marguerite's they became strangely sarcastic monsieur chauvelin she asked as he stopped at the top of the stairs bowing elaborately before her my coach is outside may i claim your arm as gallant as ever he offered her his arm and led her downstairs the crowd was very great some of the minister's guests were departing others were leaning against the banisters watching the throng as it filed up and down the wide staircase chauvelin she asked at last desperately i must know what has happened what has happened dear lady he said with affected surprise where when you are torturing me chauvelin i have helped you to-night surely i have the right to know what happened in the dining-room at one o'clock just now she spoke in a whisper trusting that in the general hubbub of the crowd her words would remain unheeded by all save the man at her side quiet and peace reign supreme fair lady at that hour i was asleep in one corner of the sofa and sir percy blakeney in another no one came into the room at all nobody then we failed you and i yes we have failed perhaps but armand she pleaded ah armand juice chances hang on a thread pray heaven dear lady that that thread may not snap chauvelin i worked for you sincerely earnestly remember i remember my promise he said quietly that the day the scarlet pimpernel and i meet on french soil saint just will be in the arms of his charming sister which means that a brave man's blood will be on my hands she said with a shudder his blood or that of your brother surely at the present moment you must hope as i do that the enigmatical scarlet pimpernel will start for calais to-day i am only conscious of one hope citoyen and that is that satan your master will have need of you elsewhere before the sun rises to-morrow you flatter me citoyen she had detained him for a while midway down the stairs trying to get at the thoughts which lay beyond the thin fox-like mask but chauvelin remained urbane sarcastic mysterious not a line betrayed to the poor anxious woman whether she need fear or whether she dared to hope downstairs on the landing she was soon surrounded lady blakeney never stepped from any house into her coach without an escort of fluttering human moths around the dazzling light of her beauty but before she finally turned away from chauvelin 
she held out a tiny hand to him with that pretty gesture of childless appeal which was essentially her own give me some hope my little chauvelin she pleaded with perfect gallantry he bowed over that tiny hand which looked so dainty and white through the delicately transparent lace mitten and kissing the tips of the rosy fingers pray heaven that the thread may not snap he repeated with his enigmatic smile and stepping aside he allowed the moths to flutter more closely around the candle and the brilliant throng of the genesee dore eagerly attentive to lady blakeney's every movement hid the keen fox face from her view end of chapter fifteen recording by sue hatch san francisco bay area